The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. You're listening to the 630 Chad Afternoon News. Brad Whisker and Morgan Black in studio with you. And we are now joined by Janet Trihubis, who is the Executive Director of the Fort Edmonton Foundation, and Carolina Remick to talk about the book Our Living History. It was a deep dive into the 50th anniversary of Fort Edmonton Park. Ladies, how are you doing? Doing great, thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us. Absolutely. So, I mean, 50 years in the making, how did we get to this point today? Well, it is a milestone for sure. And uh, as Carolina has very well uh, laid out in this book, it even took 50 years to get to the start of the building of Fort Edmonton Park. The, the commitment was there, but just all of the details that had to be worked out took so many people and so many years to really make it all happen. And then we looked ahead in our present day and say, gee, 50 years ago, this foundation was incorporated in 1969. Look at these great founding members and their their there are pillars in our community. We need to really celebrate that and start bringing people together. So about two and a half years ago, we actually, um, first of all, decided let's have a big party and have a homecoming. But also the feature around that was going to be this history book. Let's put all the history in one great place. And we started uh, down that path and we decided to uh, hire an, an author. And we found Carolina, who had a huge passion for the park. And it was just a great, great fit. And um, we had some wonderful volunteers who are past presidents, past board members. And they really started helping me significantly doing the research that we needed to assist our writer to pull all these pieces of history together. How difficult was it to to compile a 50, 50 years of history into one book. Was, did that take a lot of interviewing, Carolina, lots of, lots of connecting with the park's past? Yeah, you bet. Um, probably the most exciting part about that research was the people involved. So um, like Janet said, we ha- there was a team that was involved and the, um, the anniversary committee that was involved and they also took a, a huge role in interviewing, finding people that had been involved in the foundation, finding people who had been involved in the park and people who were worth, worth every, everybody was worth interviewing, but who were able to, to be interviewed. And uh, that was really probably the most exciting part about this whole project was meeting these people who have not only uh, been involved in the park, but or have so much passion for the park. Um, the other element of it that was, uh, as a historian, was really exciting for me was to go into uh, the part that we don't have anybody living left to talk about. And that's uh, where I did some research at the uh, provincial archives, at the city archives as well. I looked through a lot of the photos and uh, written documents that were actually at the Ed- uh, Fort Edmonton Foundation as well as Fort Edmonton Park. and. Uh, uh, that was really in- exciting because it was all these people that um, people at the park talk about, some of the founding members, people who are really important, the Rotary, which was very integral in getting the park up and running. And I was able to see uh, some of the lively comments and passion that came out of the pages that I was able to find at these different archives. In the book, we talk mm-hmm. about living history, something that it's so tangible for, for someone to go to Fort, Fort Edmonton Park or flip through the book and, and see a piece of our history. How important is it to, to tell these stories for future generations? It's critical. I think the common theme that I hear from people and, and everyone, whether it be a leader in our community or um, just important for families that tell people the where we came from. It's so important to figure out where we're going as a community and as people that um, capturing our history, knowing the 
uh, ancestors, knowing a little bit more about their lives and what it, what, what it was like, you know, maybe a hundred years ago, maybe a thousand years ago, when we talk about our Indigenous people and then why our fur traders wanted to come here and set up the first fort and, and carry on that, that tradition now that we know is what made Fort Edmonton. Carolina, I mean, you mentioned that you know, you couldn't talk to anybody that was involved in that in that process. Going through those archives, what was that like, and what what sort of little interesting nuggets did you come across? You know, I was so surprised at how difficult it was um, to actually make Fort Edmonton Park happen. So. <clears throat> the the impetus to make Fort Edmonton a museum to make to memorialize it actually started when Fort Edmonton was still standing in Edmonton. So um, a lot of people might think that Fort Edmonton actually sits down in the River Valley where Fort Edmonton Park is, and it's one of the common questions that inter, uh, interpreters get: is is this the real thing? And it and, and it's not actually the the fort. The last derivation of the fort, because there were a few of them, the last derivation is actually high on the riverbanks where the legislature buildings stand right now. If you go there right now, you can see um, there's a cairn and there's some uh, plaques that are written saying this is where the Fort Edmonton, Fort Edmonton actually stood. So before that was taken down, and it was taken down in 1915, there was a group of very excited women mm-hmm. and uh, who, um, <clears throat> who had it in their mind. And uh, part of it was to really make a distinction that Edmonton was something. So... Uh, they were very impassionate, passionate about education and about social well-being. And so they knew, because of their background, that cities that had a museum and had arts and cultures made it. And, and so they were very passionate about saying that Edmonton really is a city. Edmonton is really worth coming to. And we have an arts and culture um, uh, society here. And so we really need a museum. And they were pushing for Fort Edmonton to actually be a museum. Now, unfortunately, the provincial government, who obviously owned the the property, were, um, without even telling anybody, rather surreptitiously in the middle of the night, uh, well, not in the middle, overnight, uh, sent workers in and started dismantling the fort. And one of the my favorite quotes that I found in the Edmonton Journal the next morning was, um, was panic spread in the streets as sacrilegious workmen started taking dismantling the beloved Fort Edmonton. And so there really was already a passion very, very early for this structure in this building. And uh, <clears throat> the other thing that I really wanted to find out in the research was why? Why was this there this passion? Why was it so important? And it sort of touches on what you asked earlier was um, what does it mean as a living history why why do we need this why what is what is important about the living aspect what's important about a museum here in Edmonton that that displays this and um, if you can picture after First World War and after the Second World War we have um, people who are going overseas and they're witnessing the destruction of, of long-standing historic beautiful remnants and and then coming back to the to to this space and realizing what if this disappeared what what would what would it be like if this disappeared and realizing that if this disappeared there isn't anything else like it and and um it's not just that we're we're canadian we we are it's not just that we're western we are but actually this bend in the river and bringing this place together actually makes us who we are so that's the that's the big element of Fort Edmonton Park, I think that's really uh, the gem that it is, is that it really tells the story of who Edmonton is. From the 
from the colonials who were brought here by indigenous um, uh, guides saying and they brought uh, they brought them here for a reason because that's where the indigenous people gathered so this story is very rich very layered and and goes back very very far when you were digging a bit deeper into the history were there any unexpected stories or nuggets of information that came up that, that you weren't expecting or you didn't know about originally um, I I also <laughs> we talked we talked a little bit about how it took 50 years for Fort Edmonton Park to be created and part of that was because uh, although we had some uh, buy-in from the federal government they were very excited the Historic Sites and Monuments Board of Canada was very excited to to make this mo- uh, park or this uh, fort a memorial um, and the provincial government understood that there was something really exciting about the fact that we had Fort Edmonton here and there was this historic building building and even the city was really behind it as well um, things happened over these the next 50 years from 1915 when it was pulled down to in the middle of the 60s that would kind of block the way every single step of the way so the the provincial government wasn't really excited about having the fort on their property because it it interfered with the landscaping of the legislature gardens and so they were like no not really and then the then the um the provi- or the federal government was like well if you're not going to build it on that spot then we can't give you the funding and um and then the city all of a sudden realized that this just wasn't going to happen so that they wanted to get together and and the city w- put together a museum's committee but really you know what it just didn't happen over 50 years they'd get so close and then it wouldn't happen so close and then it wouldn't happen We're going to take a brief pause, and coming up on the other side, I want to dig into how the fort has progressed and changed over these last 50 years. We're chatting with Janet Trihuba and Carolina Remick, author of Our Living History. You're listening to the 6.30 Chet Afternoon News. I'm Brad Whisker, joined in studio by Morgan Black and Janet Trihuba, Executive Director of Fort Edmonton Foundation and author Carolina Remick. We're diving into the history of Fort Edmonton Park. And Carolina, you just wanted to finish off your thoughts before we went to break. Yeah, sure. So I was explaining how um, there was a lot of will from the different levels of government and that uh, a lot of time uh, they would get so far and then it just wouldn't happen. And so really what it ended up coming down to was <clears throat> a number of very passionate people, community leaders, uh, uh, especially the Rotary Foundation or the Rotary Clubs of Edmonton, sorry. Um, and and they really decided uh, for their 60th, they wanted a, a project that would really uh, be a, a memorial, be a, a big project for them. And so they decided to put some seed money in and they said, we will commit to building Fort Edmonton. And as a result of that, the city was uh, at a place where they're like, oh, well, if you're going to give us this money, if you're going to donate donate and have the ability to do this then we better get on this as well so because of that rotary impetus um and because it inspired the city to donate the land and um and uh commit to putting infrastructure and stuff in um it started the ball rolling now like i said the city is um the city was tied by their mandate and by their budget that they could only um invest in the land in the infrastructure in the plant 
the programming of the park. And so if there's any other historical element that was going to be a part of Fort Edmonton Park, it had to come from the citizens themselves. It had to come from donors. It had to come from sponsors. And this is where the Fort Edmonton Foundation comes in. So um, the uh, the Rotary began the the commit commitment to creating the park, and and then uh, they morphed into the Fort Edmonton Foundation, who were the group of people, the volunteers, who then made every single other element that you see in the park a reality. Without spoiling the book, mm-hmm. can you just share some of those? Those things that when you came across them, you you had one of those, are you serious? Or holy smokes, this actually happened. Sure. I'll, I'll share one. I think Janet's got a few that are her favorites as well. But I was so blown away by the remarkable authenticity and integrity that went into the actual construction of the park. So they were committed to making things as authentic as possible. And in that, it meant that when they were building Fort Edmonton, Fort Edmonton itself, they used the uh, tools that were originally used. They used the methods that were originally used. And they used the people who were originally used as as well there was nobody alive who really had those the technique and the skill other than the First Nations people themselves so they went out to the Métis community they went out to the First Nations community who had those skills and they brought in some skilled workmen and there was one man in particular Felix Belrose who was one of the first crew members who came in to build the fort and he ended up staying with Fort Edmonton Park for the rest of his career and so he he began the fort building in 1969 and he retired in the middle of the 2000s and um, his handiwork is shown everywhere and he was able to for example there is a 20-sided post in uh, the Henderson's barn and it had to be recreated they brought the original barn down but they had to recreate this 20-sided post and he did it by hand using a broad axe and so if you can imagine trying to create 20 sides to this post he did it all by himself Janet how about you <laughs> one of my favorite stories is what happened to that flagpole where the original flagpole from Fort Edmonton and where did it live in the meantime and how did we ever get it back so you'll have to check out the book to check that one out and then I, I remember the day when Carolina and our committee started talking about this time capsule and there was a buried time time capsule on in 1967 when they dedicated the park and, but no one knew exactly where it was. It had been later on discovered that it was covered over by the boardwalk around the train station. And in fact, a little building put on top of that. So people who knew, knew exactly where it was. It was buried very well under the ground, under this building. But we had to go and uncover it to discover what was buried inside that time capsule. Although we had a nice list of all the contents. And just last week we uncovered it. Uh, so it was a wonderful surprise to see the, the real contents. Janet, we, we talked about earlier with Carolina people's passion for the fort and that kind of has carried through up to modern day. Take us into the the passion that remains with the Fort Edmonton Foundation. Absolutely. Well, I'm working with a very dedicated group of volunteer board members and committee members who are helping us raise the uh, very exciting $11 million towards the capital expansion project right now. So we are working with um, major funders and donors, people who also share that passion and love for our the great tourist destination that this park is and a huge compliment to our city's uh, attractions. So I'm working with those people to help uh, tell others about that and how they can get involved and put their dollars in to make this possible. As Carolina mentioned, the phrase a citizen's project was really brought out and we realized, yeah, that's what we 
we've been about all these years is keeping volunteers, keeping the citizens engaged in loving this park. And that's what I get to do every day is keep more people excited about it. Not only through Carolina's work, but just chatting with other committee members. Are you amazed when you look back and say, you know, that it's been 50 years and, and the progression and all the work that's been done until this point? Does it just sort of blow you away now? Oh, yeah. 50 years is a long time. And to know what Carolina discovered is it was much more than 50 years. And those generations of people, my, one of the most exciting uh, little stories that we just had this weekend was the connection to our very first president, Merrill Wolf, who was a huge business leader in our community. Um, he was the Rotarian that took the challenge and became our first president and rallied that Rotary group to make the foundation. Well, his grandson, Harrison Wolf, is also now the the owner and operator of the Edmonton Motors, which is Wolf Automotive Group. And he and his small family were there with us celebrating 50 years. So we had really three generations represented. Harrison Wolf, his, uh, sorry, Merrill Wolf, his grandson Harrison, and Harrison's two children with us, and Harrison's wife. So just a really nice generational story for us to carry forward. I have about 30 seconds left, but I want to read this text that we just got in before I let you two go. It says, Felix was my stepdad and took me to the parade a couple of times, and I would hang around with the college kids in the summer. He would be so proud for acknowledging him and thank you for joining us. Oh, so that's awesome. That's really thank Very you nice. So much, we love yeah. to connect with all these people. That's the great part of uh, being where we are. Janet, Carolina, thank you for taking the time this afternoon. This has been a great conversation and keep up the great work and uh, we're looking forward to, to what comes next to Fort Edmonton Park. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us.